Hey, 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 welcome to the video version of the Pastor Duke podcast. Hey, thanks for tuning me in. I believe God has given me something that will help your heart to walk closer to the Lord Jesus and uh, grow. We're talking today about prayer. Oh, my goodness. Where do we start? I think uh, a few years back, kind of getting into my bucket list, I was able to visit the Grand Canyon. South Rim, step up, and there it is. The Grand Canyon. Words fall short of capturing what you see when you're at the South Rim, North Rim, any rim of the Grand Canyon. You know, one day all true believers will step up to the South Rim of prayer. One day soon we'll be on the other side looking back. I'm afraid of what prayer could have, should have been, but perhaps wasn't. And so today uh, I, I tackle a topic with you, my podcast family, on, on a, a topic that uh, I, I'm, I feel no expertise at, but I've lived by faith. I've trusted God. I've prayed my way out of the drug culture by the power of the Holy Spirit, worshipped my way through uh, heartaches and broken heart and bearing a grandchild and, and all of that. I know prayer is very powerful, and yet it's it's certainly well beyond my experience, well beyond your experience, and it is a call. The disciples came to Jesus asking him about this, and we're going to start there, uh, teach us to pray. But I'm thinking of um, a diamond. I'm told that a solitaire diamond has 58 facets. Perhaps I'm wrong there, but a whole bunch of facets. Um, just like a, a diamond itself, chemically, it kind of started out as not, not so valuable. Uh, graphite, <laughs> got carbon molecules, a um, very little value. But under time and under pressure, that graphite is transformed. A Greek word, metamorphosize, metamorphosis, it's transformed for, to something extremely valuable, a diamond. And then that diamond in the rough, I think that's kind of where we're at in, in this prayer topic. We're kind of the diamond in the rough. There's so much they're waiting for us, so much opportunity to grow, so much wisdom to be gained, so much peace to be gained, so much uh, uh, anxiety to, to get rid of. So, we're going to look today at a few of the facets of this prayer diamond. I think of that model prayer our Lord gave us when the disciples said, teach us to pray. And he said, pray on this wise. And before he actually said that, he said, do not pray as the heathens do, thinking that they'll be heard for their much saying. You know, In other words, don't take this prayer and just say, our Father which art in heaven, hell be the name, the kingdom come, the will be done. And uh, I, I sort of did that as a Protestant. My wife really did that as a Catholic. They had the rosary, and they would count the, the, the number of our fathers or how many Hail Marys they did to gain penance, and all that's totally non-biblical. I think it breaks the heart of God. But it was a model prayer. It isn't just say this prayer, but use this prayer as an outline, as a model when you pray. And uh, 
I remember praying the Lord's Prayer as a Protestant. I'd pray it every night, you know, as a little boy. Now I lay me down to sleep. Then I became a big boy. Mama taught me the Our Father Prayer. And I prayed it every night. I'd be tripping my brains out praying the Lord's Prayer just to get me through this thing. I'll never do it again. And, of course, what did I do? I did it again. But just that little phrase, Our Father, in an Our Father. It's a personal thing. He's the Father. We're the kids. It's not intended to be, you know, God's not a cosmic vending machine. It isn't some kind of mystical thing. There's a Father. There's a relational thing, desire on his part towards us. Our Father, which connects me with all other of the children of God in the family of God. Our Father, which art in heaven, that's where he is. I'm here on earth. Here we go. It kind of really begins. Hallowed be thy name. I had no clue what that meant. I I thought, oh, hallowed be thy name. Yeah, that, that's really good. Uh, yeah, you big, big God, hallowed be thy name. And yet that's not what it means at all. I found this out and it really humbled me. Hallowed means that God would be exalted at my expense. That's not what I meant at all. When I was praying it as an unsaved uh, heathen, I was wanting God to help me. I wanted God to use me. I wanted to use God to make me better, stronger, smarter, protect me. Don't let me get busted for the drug deal I just did or the one I'm planning on doing tomorrow. It just totally out of touch. But that word hallowed, it's be thy name. Yeah, that when we're praying, we're not praying. You see, it really exposes our motive. I'll call that the first facet of the diamond, our motive when we pray. The proper motive is for God's glory, that he would be lifted up, that he would use me as his servant to bring him glory. And when I prayed the Lord's Prayer, it was pretty much the exact opposite of that. Hallowed be thy name. You know, there's a, a, a movement, I like to call it the name it, claim it, frame it movement in reference to prayer that you just tell God what you want. And if you'd say it in the name of Jesus, like the right uh, verbal uh, response, right language that you kind of somehow obligate God to do what you want him to do. Like you put him in a corner because I said the right words and I said it in Jesus name. So you got to do it. You know, name it, claim it for everything. Let me tell you, that's from the pit of hell. That's not the, that's not what the Bible teaches about prayer. Now there's some things about naming it that are good and being clear, petitioning God, uh, with the right motive, not that I would get what I want and I'll be healthy and I'll be wealthy. No, it's way more holy than uh, than just me naming it, claiming it, framing it, and getting it from God or he doesn't keep his promises. No, it all comes back to motive, and the motive should be for the glory of God and then maybe a little bit more for the edification of of his children and perhaps the confrontation of those that are not yet God's children, but he's made provision for them to become his children. You see, we kind of start out with prayer. It's all kind of all about me. I want, I give me the, and that's really not it. That's really not it. It's about God's glory. Hallowed be thy name. And then he frames it up next. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. His kingdom is coming. So when we are praying, we're really kind of getting outside of the immediacy 
of I got bills that are due. I got people that spoke wrongly against me. I got uh, some medical reports that make me nervous. Uh, prayer is way bigger than the immediacy. We're to kind of look at prayer in the context of, of the big picture. We're here now. His kingdom is coming, I think, really soon. His kingdom is sort of already here within us. He's already my king. I'm already in his kingdom, but uh, we're in, in this world. We're no longer of this world. But when we pray, our consciousness has got to go from the immediate kind of to the ultimate. His kingdom is coming. Uh, his will be done in my life now. His will be done on earth not just on earth, but in my heart. I can't believe and I can't obey for other people. If I could believe for other people, let me tell you, our church would be running thousands, if not millions. But I tune all that out. I come to him, our father, relationally. I'm your son. I want to be an obedient son. Your name be lifted up at my expense. Oh Lord, use me for your glory. And your kingdom is coming. There's an immediacy. Uh, I, I want your glory now. Use me now. And I think of that, that motive is everything. If I have the right motive, I, I think of my kids coming to me, dad, Hey, can I do this? And, uh, if their motive is pure, we're, we're talking now we're, we're on a course of what's next. But if their motive is wrong, forget about it. You know, if they just uh, just want to go to the party and get high and get drunk and, and get dirty, no, no, that's that's not the right motive. So we're, we're it's done. That prayer request is denied. So when we pray, we come with the right motive for the glory of God. Now, if I had my Bible to Psalm 100, it talks about, I think, in verse 4, let us enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. <laughs> we don't come into his presence complaining. We don't come into his presence begging. We don't come into his presence petitioning. If, if he's going to give us audience, we come in with the right motive. We come into his courts with thanksgiving. Father, you've already given me through Jesus Christ more than I deserve. Your grace is amazing. And we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. I'm so thankful, Father, for your mercy, which gives me what I don't deserve uh, or, or keeps me from getting what I do deserve. Your grace gives me what I uh, don't deserve. Oh, Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for having ears open to my prayers. Lord, not my will. Thine be done. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, your will be done in my heart. Uh, Lord, your will be done. I want to bring you glory. I'm your servant. And Lord, I surrender to you. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. I'll, I'll go and speak to people uh, about your name and try to help them to find you as Savior. And I'll, I'll risk them hating me for doing that. Oh, Lord, not my will. Thine be done. Enter into his courts with prayer, uh, with praise. Enter in his gates with thanksgiving. You know, we sort of praise His way, our way into his presence. And you got to ask yourself if, we're not praising our way in. Are we really gaining access? You know, we can be off praying uh, in this off to the side and God just pretty much ignoring it because our motives are wrong. We're trying to be demanding of him. We're just laying out a bunch of petitions. We don't really care about his glory. We just want him to help us out of our mess. 
that you're you're never going to find the power of prayer till motives are right. We enter into his courts with praise. I like to do my Jesus ABCs. I just did a podcast on that, but you know, I worship him before I ask anything. I tell him how awesome he is before I ask him for anything. And uh, A, you're my advocate. You're the alpha and the omega. Uh, B, you're my beloved. Uh, you're you're the bread of life. You're the Christ, and so I'll just do my Jesus ABCs before I pray. I just worship. I want to enter into his courts with praise and thanksgiving and worship him. And as that is happening, the Spirit of God is moving uh, to me through his word, teaching me how to pray. I'm being obedient to what the Bible says, entering into courts with praise. And this, we call it the intercessory prayer. We know not how to pray as we ought, Romans chapter 8 tells us, but his spirit makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And so now in this prayer of thanksgiving, into this prayer with the motive of God's glory, I'm submitting myself as his servant to be used on earth as it is in heaven. And the Spirit of God is quickening me. It's making me alive. It's, it's bringing to my mind things that are holy. Uh, it's bringing to my mind people that God has put on my heart. See, th- God puts people in our path, and then he puts people in our heart. Then we take those people by name and by circumstance and bring them back to God. And there's something going on here. There's an interaction. God brought them into our life. God put them on our heart. We're in his presence. We're yielded to his will, not ours being done. And then he moves us and we pray back to him, kind of what he put in our path. And this is God triangle, you know, God, that other person, myself, back to God. And when you are in this kind of prayer, you're not like, oh no, I got to get this over with, man. I've already been praying for a minute and a half. I can't think of anything else to pray. Oh no, 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 no. This is all together in a whole nother world. This isn't just sitting down and reading a list of things that we need uh, God to, to fix for us or for other people. There's an element, uh, another facet, the facet of faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I'd like to take people across our church campus that uh, we bought the property in 1980 and love to tell the God story that we built the first building in 1981 and a whole series of miracles there. I could do a whole podcast on every building project and and another project and more land and and uh, now there's three buildings plus our, our my house it's another set of miracles 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 I t- say to people everything here is a former prayer <laughs> prayer is what got it done prayer is what opened the door and that prayer of uh, submission, that prayer of praise, but faith is the substance of things hoped for, the, the evidence of things not seen. By it, and it goes into all this Hebrew uh, Hebrew Hall of Fame, if you please, of faith. In Hebrews chapter eleven, verse six, it says, "But without faith, it's impossible to please God." You see, God has emotions too. He wants us to please Him. He wants us to understand how this whole thing works. And if we're obedient and we see how he taught us to pray and we're obedient to that. And he says, enter into his courts with thanksgiving and we're obedient to that. And we have the right motive. 
And then we have this thing called faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, that God is who he says he is. He's big, he's good, he loves us, he's omnipotent, he's omniscient, he's eternally immutable. And when we come to that God in a consciousness of who he is, and we believe in him, and we're reaching out to him, we're asking him to glorify himself through us on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. Everybody wants that part. Oh, yeah, I want to be rewarded. But, you know, you, you got to forget about that. You don't just start out, oh, Lord, reward me. Give me what I want. Here's my list. Get her done or you're not a real God. You're not a good God if you don't do what I say. No, he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That might be my favorite word in the Bible, diligently seek him. It's the Greek word exoteo, and that word means a point or origin from which proceedeth action. <laughs> you see, when we're in prayer with the right motive and we're in prayer, we've entered into his courts with praise. We've worshiped our way into his presence and his spirit has moved us. And we have that element of faith. We know he's big, he's good, he loves us and we want his glory. Now we pray and we're praying with diligence, exitale, the point of origin from which proceedeth action. Now, contact, you know, in a light switch, Boom, you hit that switch. The light is on. The power has already been there. You just got to make the connection. And God is there for us. <laughs> and he's got the power. But when we have that, when we have that faith, boom, contact, exitale, point of origin. At that point, something's going to happen. Action takes place. Uh, prayer heard, prayer answered. Now, you know, prayer is, we see everything in the immediate. And God is eternal. He doesn't live in this moment. He's the eternal I am. He is the eternal presence of God. We see things past, present, future. And so when we pray, you know, like I asked my kids, my little grandkids, when you want to go to McDonald's, you know the answer to that now. And when we pray, that's kind of what we want. Lord, answer my prayer now. And then in our early days of prayer, you know, I'd pray and nothing happened that first day, the second day, third day. But now I've been a believer for 50 years. I look back and man, so many of my prayers were answered that I thought he wasn't even hearing me on. I remember praying uh, that God would deliver me uh, from the uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll world and struggled with it. But man, he delivered me. And said, that prayer was answered. It's, I've been out of that for 50 years. Lord, uh, uh, I got to find a woman. Help me find a woman. Boom. It seemed like it would never happen, but it did happen. Lord, give us kids. Boom, boom, boom. One, two, three. Give us grandkids. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, plus Caleb Michael in heaven. So I look back and what of his promises has he not kept? All of them. His record is perfect on my behalf. I believe his record's perfect on your half. But sometimes it seemed like I'm praying and God wasn't listening. And I realize now it was just a time frame. God heard my prayer. I prayed in faith. I prayed according to his will. That's really the next element. Um, <laughs> I jumped ahead of myself there for a moment. The, the next facet, the facet of praying according to the will of God. In 1 John 5, 14, this is the confidence we have in him, in prayer, uh, that whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. There's an element of 
prayer, the facet of prayer called obedience. If I am obedient to the Lord in my general walk, I wake up in the morning, I look to him. I have my quiet time. I confess to him. I need him. I've prayed. uh, And so I've committed my day to the Lord. I get up and I do what I'm responsible for. I have certain ministry responsibilities. I do them. I have certain uh, visits I need to make. There are certain things I need to read certain lessons I need to study, I need to teach, I need to mow my yard, I need to uh, help out uh, meeting the needs of other people. So if we have this general walk of obedience, oh my goodness, this whole prayer thing is just is going to come alive. This is the confidence we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And whatever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. So you bring those two together, those two facets, praying according to his will. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's God's will uh, for me to move to California. Uh, I don't know sometimes what God's will is for me in marrying who did I dated several godly girls before God made it clear to me. Joellen was the one and boy, he can do that. He made it clear. That's a whole nother story. But you see, we have the element of faith. We have the uh, facet of praying according to his will. I know it is the will of God to meet my needs. He said, so I can go to the word of God And I know certain things that God wants to happen in my life. He wants me to know his will. When I'm praying for unsaved people uh, to be saved, I know it's the will of God. He's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. That doesn't mean that everybody I pray for is going to get saved. It does mean that it is the will of God because he said so. So a lot of times this praying um, according to the will of God is what we like to call praying back the word of God. Lord, you said, I just read uh, this morning, uh, uh, Hezekiah's king, when the Assyrians came to attack them, they had them under siege and their Israel's outmatched and, and King Hezekiah goes to the Lord and he pulls out, we call prayer promises. He prays back to God, promises that God made to him. Lord, you said that you'd protect us if we turn to you and you said, when Solomon uh, prayed the dedication prayer to the temple, if we come to this house and we fast and we pray and our hearts are right with you, that you'll deliver us from our enemy. Those are prayer promises. He prays them back to God and God heard him. God showed up. He had the right motive. He had entered into God's courts with praise. He was desperate, but he praised his way into God's presence. He had faith. He knew God could do this. He told God about how God had delivered his people in the past. And Lord, we need you to do it again. So this prayer thing isn't just writing out a list of words and magically saying them. And now we've got God in a corner. So he's got to do what we say, or he's a bad God. Oh my goodness. And that's what probably 90, 95% of all prayer in the world is exactly that. It's just people trying to obligate God and just hope for the best. And oh, oh, we got to learn about this thing. It's fantastic stuff. So We have the element of praying according to the will of God. He's told us in his word certain things that he wants, certain things that he wants for us. He knows my needs before I ask, but he wants me to let my request be made known unto God. He wants me to do it in a secret place. The heavenly father who seeth in secret will reward you openly. 
I had this happen all the time in the early days of our church when we came here by faith, didn't have enough money to pay our bills, but we had a great big God who brought us here. And I would get alone in my prayer closet and say, God, you promised to take care of our need. I got the, the rents coming. I don't have the money. I need a miracle. And I'm in the secret place. I'm not going to go out in the public place and get on the phone and call my pastor, call Joellen's home pastor in Detroit, call my dad uh, who has had a ton of money and he just sent it to me immediately. Lord, that's not how I roll. You said, you know my needs and I'm in the secret place. I want your glory. I'm here to plant a church. Lord, hear my prayer. And I never called anybody to ask for help. And then in the, in the midnight hour, the last moment, I remember our, we had our rent due at noon. And at 11.05, uh, a check came in the mail uh, from Joellen's home pastor for $500. And it met our need at the last moment to pay our rent. And, and I was kind of shocked. God answered my prayer. We were celebrating and yet kind of embarrassed because we were a little shocked that he knew our needs and he had perfect timing. It was right at the last second, but the money was there. And that was, that was God growing me as a child to learn to trust him. So you see these different facets, the right motive, uh, the right facet, enter into his courts with praise. Uh, the facet of faith, Lord, I just believe you can and I know, know from your word, I'm praying back the word of God. I'm making a prayer promise. I'm claiming a promise. Uh, I'm a promise claimer. And I'm not doing it, Lord, for me. Pay my rent, you know. Give, oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? My friends all drive Porsches. I must make amends. Remember when that song was popular 185 years ago? But all of a sudden, even in our needs, we go to that secret place. We have the right heart. We're praying the word of God back to him. We're claiming his promises. We're in obedience to him in our general walk. We've confessed our sins. We want the glory of God. And then we let our request be made known unto God. He already knew them, but now he has us alone. He has us looking to him. He's the rich father. <laughs> My father's rich and he's powerful and he's got us where we want us. And his spirit is all over us and filling us from within. He's purified us. We're not trying to play any kind of games with God. We're just dependent upon God uh, to, for our literal survival, our protection, our provision. We're dependent upon him and he likes us to be dependent upon him. You know, Jerry Falwell said, all of my failures, all my life failures were prayer failures. Think about that. Prayer is a provision that God has given us that so exceeds our experience, so far exceeds our expectations. So it's just that, that gold mine that's waiting to be mined. And so now we're going to kind of close out with the most important part of prayer at all, of all, most powerful that can really expand things around. You know, it's not wrong to pray for yourself. I mean, Paul asked prayer for himself from others. You pray for me, I'll pray for me. But then we get into this thing called intercessory prayer. That's going to God on behalf of others. <laughs> That's kind of what the Holy Spirit does. He, he intercedes for us because we don't even know how to pray. 
but we get into his presence. We're worshiping him, and we're caught up, if you please, in the spirit of prayer. Let me tell you, when you're caught up in the spirit of prayer in your private place, you, you lose consciousness of time. I've been praying in this thing like forever. I've been praying five whole minutes. You know, I'm, I'm not in the spirit. But then when you're in that spirit of worship and praise and thanksgiving, then that intercession thing just starts happening. And all of a sudden, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour passes. You know, there was a hymn writer saying, sweet hour of prayer. <laughs> I think that hymn writer knew a lot about what we're talking about. You know, that intercessory prayer, that's what Jesus was doing in John chapter 17. We talk about the Lord's prayer, the model prayer, our Father which art in heaven. No, that's the Lord's model prayer that he gave us, the Lord's prayer to his fathers given John chapter 17. And you know who he prays for? He prays for all of his disciples whom God had given him out of the world, but then he prays for those who have not yet believed, but will believe on the result of the testimony of those people living in that generation at that time. You know who that is? That's you. That's me. Jesus was praying for us. I don't think I comprehend that, but I sure like it. That sure comforts me. That teaches me how to pray. And so I'm caught up in prayer, right motive, entered his courts with praise. I've been generally obedient. I believe that can't, God can, God will do according to his will. I'm praying according to his will. I, I'm, I, I'm, I have that general obedience. I'm not naming, claiming, framing anything. I'm praying not my will thine be done. I don't have enough sense to choose the right woman. I don't have enough smarts to go to the right town. Lord, I can't write this sermon without you. I need you. And there we are kind of, as it were, spiritually naked before God. He's our father. We're his broken children. <laughs> and it pleases him. It pleases the father. In John chapter 17, Jesus sets that example for us in that intercessory prayer for us. I have one last thing to close out with about prayer. Uh, as a believer, a lot of times people say, pray for us. And to be honest, I, I don't. And I, I've been guilty of that a thousand times. I meant to, but it just doesn't come back to my mind. And then I find out, I see them later, and I said that I'll pray for you, and I see them, and I didn't pray for them. And, oh, that's embarrassing. And so I found a way to fix that. This is really simple. This is really practical. When people ask for prayer, I just do it right now. Maybe I'm on the phone. I'll lead them in prayer. Uh, maybe uh, it's a church. Somebody has a prayer request. I don't just listen to it and walk away. Right there, I'll put my hand on a, a man's shoulder. I might take a woman by the hand, and I pray for them right in the moment. Pray immediately. And I had an, a, a, a time when I really kind of learned that lesson. I was at the gym. Uh, a fellow that was pretty well-known in the town, he was an Italian fellow, came in and said uh, he, he knew me, Pastor Duke. Everybody kind of knows me in mechanical New York. And he came to me. There's maybe 15 other people in the gym. He came to me and said, Pastor Duke, I have a real need. Would you pray for me? I said, absolutely. What is it? And he, he told me the prayer request. And then he bowed down at the, uh, the weight lift bench and folded his hands. I think he was a Catholic guy. He folded his hands and he bowed down. And then <laughs> I followed his lead. I got down on my knees next to him and I began to pray out loud uh, for the needs. And Lord, put your hand on Louis and guide him in his 
his needs. You know his heart. He, he, he's reaching out to you, Lord. I'm joining him. I'm his brother. And I'm praying out loud in the gym. There's like 15 people. I was kind of embarrassed, but this guy was leading the way. He wasn't embarrassed at all. And then we prayed maybe a couple minutes. I was praying out loud, and he even said a little prayer. And then we were done. We looked up, and all 15 people in the gym had formed a circle around us, and they were holding hands, kind of joining us in prayer. And when I said the final amen, all 15 people plus Louis said amen together with me. Man, I'll never forget that. I should have been the one uh, instigating that, making that happen, and yet I wasn't. So we're so fearful of prayer in public. Boy, not anymore. I pray boldly in a restaurant. You know, I'll hold up my hand a little bit when I pray. I, I, if people, I'm not trying to be seen of men, but I'm not ashamed to be seen of men is what I'm trying to say. And my Heavenly Father is looking down. I want to please Him. So prayer. I've taken about 30 of your minutes of your time. Thank you for sharing that, your time with me. It's a pure joy. And I, I pray that uh, I haven't even touched the hem of the garment with prayer. And I know that. But I've given you some things to think about. Um, when you pray, pray on this wise. Pray with a pure heart. Take God's promises in prayer. Mark them down. Write them down. Hold them up. God, you said, you said, you said. I know when I told my kids, we're going to go to McDonald's after church. They're at my, I'm at church, 50 people standing around. I don't really listen to what they're saying, but they were listening. And then after church, I forgot about the trip to McDonald's, but they didn't. They said, Dad, you said, Dad, you said, and our Heavenly Father is kind of like our Daddy, Abba Father. And he loves it when you take his promises and you take them back to him. He said, Father, you said, you said, right heart, entered his courts with praise, obedience in our life confidence in him. Oh, look out. You ain't seen nothing yet. So thanks for joining me today. Hope it's been a blessing. See you next time. Bye-bye for now.